welcome back to the Gentleman Ultra podcast. I'm your host, Richard Hall, and Emmett Gates is with me today. And that is because we're discussing something that, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, there's two ways of looking at it, it's uh, an end of an era. And that is Inter's era with the sponsor, Pirelli. Now, just the fact that we're talking about this and having this as a podcast, a form of discussion, uh, in an age where teams change sponsors and kits regularly, every season, third kits, European kits, all different types, sponsors in places like Austria, on shorts and God knows what. It might seem strange that we're having this discussion, but with Inter and Pirelli, there's been such a strong bond and a link, a happy union, if you would, that's gone through time. And it's been almost, well, what is it, 26 years, three decades three decades of a, a two brands, in a sense, uh, that help shape each other. And I think that has been the case since the 95-96 season. You know, they, this is something when you go back and, you know, Pirelli, um, that bond they have with Inter, yes, it started as a sponsorship, but they both synonymously became known as another. I don't think many lovers of Italian football would see a Pirelli tyre and not think of Inter. I don't think that people you know, would, would think of Inter and not think Pirelli. And, and that, that didn't just happen overnight. You know, that's that's gone through time where, you know, th- this uh, union has, they, they I suppose they've shared moments together. Maybe not as many as some Inter fans would have liked, but, you know, when Javier Zanetti lifted the uh, UEFA Cup in 1998, he did it in a Pirelli shirt. It's the same with the treble. It's the same when Ronaldo, for instance, uh, was known as a phenomenon, um, you know, around the 98 World Cup. And his brand was everywhere. And Pirelli helped him, sponsored him. And, um, you know, when you see the iconic image, for instance, of him stood uh, overlooking Brazil as if he's the, the Christ himself with number 10, it's an Inter shirt and Pirelli on the front. And I think that now, you know, as, as it's moved into the modern football, that, that brand and that um, union in, in history has become more and more and more. Uh, and more important, should I say, because it's become much less. You know, we can all look back in time and think of sponsors that really resonate with with um, with football clubs. You know, you can go in English football. People remember maybe JVC and Arsenal, Sharp and Manchester United, things that lasted quite a while. Um, you know, we can see that in Italian football, but not regularly. And I think that Pirelli has been loyal to Inter. Inter has certainly been loyal to Pirelli. Um, and I think that after in the years now where sponsors on the shirt sponsors of, um, you know, when you look at what clubs are now being sponsored by watches, by cars, by different things, just, just within the club, never mind on the shirt. And that's shirt sponsorships become so important. Uh, and apart so much revenue for the club that unfortunately Inter have in a sense outgrown Pirelli. Uh, because it demands of the money that's needed to keep the club going in the means in the way that it wants to, especially in the direction recently it's taken under Sunning and probably now on the next venture, um, this is this is coming to an end. So it is in a way something sad, something to be talked about because I think Ebert. Uh, sorry, that's a bit of a long intro, but it, it needed to be said because I think that I can't think of a sponsor where that's lasted and presided over so many footballing memories and so many special players have had it on the front. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I mean, from my own personal standpoint, 
I got into Italian football in the 94-95 season and Pirelli began sponsoring Inter in the summer of 95. So literally my whole life of watching Italian football, Inter have been sponsored by Pirelli. So it really is the end of an era in more ways than one. You know, for a lot of people, it's Pirelli and Inter are kind of like the last couple, the last remnants of the glorious football Italia era. Um, and that sponsorship has has always been there as I've been a fan of Italian football. So it's it is it's kind of sad, and it's as you say, it's sad to think that it's got to the point now where Inter have outgrown Pirelli, and I think Pirelli were paying eleven million a season to sponsor Inter to stay on the front of the shirts, and it's it's kind of a sad indictment of where football has gone now. With eleven million euros a season isn't seen as enough. Inter need more. <laughs> They need to bring in more revenue from sponsorship. And that's why Pirelli and Inter are divorcing in, what, three months' time. So it is really sad. And as you say, there's so many memories, both good and bad, with uh, with Inter and the Pirelli shirt. Or the sponsorship just always always a constant, just always there. And I don't think... It, it arguably is the longest sponsorship in the history of football. Maybe I, I can't think of any other sponsorship deals that have carried on this long with other than Pirelli and Inter. I really can't unless the viewers can, you know, direct us to another partnership, but off the top of my head, I can't think of too many. No, I'd be interested to see maybe how long Opal was with Bayern for because that went from almost from the start, didn't it? But no, because they were Commodore in the 80s. So yeah, it must be, it must be. Um, 26 years is a long, long time. It's... um you know, it's 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 phenomenal in that sense. And I mean, it's, it's strange, and I think that that's why it will mean a lot to people because, like you said, rightly said, then and hit the nail on the head. A generation grew up with this. Um, you know, when people started to watch Italian football, um, you know, most people now um, will know that. I know we talked just before we did this podcast, and and for me, it's probably while it's, it is exceptionally sad that it's gone that way, I'm sort of fortunate in a sense that I remember. Uh, the, the sponsorships before and, you know, when I started watching it back in 88, you know, the whole Mazzotta sponsor, that's got a great team and a great memory. So for me, it's probably, whilst it's incredibly sad that this is the way that football's going and it's just another indictment of the money that's in the game, it, it's also for me, there's been good sponsors on the Inter shirt before. Pirelli feels like it is Inter. And my concern is now what comes next because... The one thing I would always say that it was, uh, you know, all the Inter sponsors since the, the the 80s have all felt like Inter. It's all felt right. And I know that's a really weird thing to say, but you get sponsors. Some some kits suit certain sponsors and Inter have always got it right. And I'd hate for them to really mess up on the next one. But it's, um, yeah, I suppose if the money's there. I don't think the, the powers that be will really care, will they? But it's... Uh, for a generation, like you say, they'll have known nothing different. It's like when, you know, not not comparing it to this, but it's like when someone like um, a generation of Manchester United fans, for instance, always knew Alex Ferguson. You know, someone, something is there that long and it's just so rare in football, isn't it? Yeah. And funny that you mentioned Manchester United. I remember growing up in the 90s, it was just mine and I were always associated with Sharp. Yeah. And then I think, was it 2000? They ditched Sharp and Vodafone was their sponsor. And it yeah. just 
it just looked off. You know, it just it didn't feel <laughs> right. It was just like, where's the sharp? I, I like I wasn't a, a United fan, but I just like it just sharp belonged on a Manchester United tap, and it was just like anything else just was not acceptable. And it's kind of it'll be the same winter. You're like, where's the Pirelli? Although I'm saying that. Given the the financial state of Inter at the minute, and given everything that's happening with Sunning, Inter fans will be lucky if there is an actual club next season. (laughs) I think this is a deal that's going to have to be done by the thirty first of March, and I'm sure that that deal will get done. That's a whole other podcast. Um, (laughs) That is a whole other podcast. podcast. But um, yeah, there have been a lot of memories down the line with um, with Pirelli, and you know it's. um, like you say, it's it's sad for them as well, you know, in the sense of um, that association. But the good thing is for them, I think, in some respects, at least for a, a generation, at least, I'd still, I mean, I don't know, I'd never, does Sharp still exist? I don't know, but I was going to say that the generation of United fans, if they ever saw a Sharp product, would associate it with it. I think Pirelli, every every time someone sees anything to do with Pirelli, that won't go for a long time in people's heads. So they're, they've got a little bit of the benefit of that in some respects. Yeah, like, you know, people for our generation and uh, slightly older vintage, like yourself, will always associate <laughs> Pirelli with Inter. Even in the next 40 years, it'll always be like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, so, yeah, it's like you said, so many different types of shirts, so many different um, players have worn it. I think that's something else as well with Inter. Whilst, yeah, you know, not always been as successful as probably the money spent in the teams, uh, you know, should have equated to. There, especially when Maratti took over, there was, around that time as well, there was um, a lot of um, money thrown at the club. And so a lot of, it's not just a lot of players have worn that shit. It's a lot of really special players as well, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you go through a list that the, the money that in the attacking lineup that Maratti spent uh, in, in his time at Inter, and God, if you picked a t- if you could just pick players who had worn that shirt, and you had like a sponsors eleven um, of players who've worn a shirt, Inter would win that hands down. It would be it would be the greatest team that ever existed. <laughs> Probably if you went from <laughs> players bought from the summer of nineteen eighty five to now, like <laughs> it would be yeah. absolutely ridiculous. The the quality. Of players like it would, it would arguably world class players from one to eleven, and then your sub bench would be all world class too. <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> and considering like you know the trophies that Inter didn't win in correlation to the players that they had, you're just like, how did all these players, you know, and some some of them did play together in the same team? And you're thinking, how did they not win everything? But that kind of a showed how Pazza into war at the time. And be the strength of Italian football in the mid to late nineties and early noughties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, talking of the podcast with all of that, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> what Inter should have won. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a podcast about. for another day. <laughs> that's a three quarter. That's, that's a series of podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. So what day? So what shirt? So obviously, we're going through your favorite. Inter shirts from two decades of Pirelli. So, what would be what shirt do you want to talk about first? What what will kick off the the list? It's when when you, when you ask me to do this, it's like oh that'd be easy. 
it's no pro- you know no problems yet okay I'll have, we'll have a look at this and I'll just but it's, it's so difficult for the reasons we've said because you've got to split it into two things um it, it could have almost been two lists because you you look at it originally and you put down the ones in your mind that almost like from memory from you know the very start um the ones that really meant something to you when you're watching on TV, maybe uh, victories in, in, in competitions, etc., or when your favourite player was there. But then you also, you know, there's, a, there's a, a huge proportion of time when I've been going to games. And again, that, so maybe it may not have been the best inter-team, may not be the best, you know, uh, squad to have won something. It may not have been a team that won anything at all, but you might have a memory from it. Um, and then this just comes down to ab- the absolute design of them as well, you know, because there's some shocking designs um, in all of this as well, which you've got to remember. And just just quickly, I mean, before we, before we go in there, in fact, we'll start with this. We'll start with the, my first one. I think for me, the first one I would start with is we talked about this uh, love affair with Pirelli, this this original start, and it started obviously in in ninety five ninety six. And for me, it was the first, um, well, the first Pirelli kit I had was this one. Uh, bizarrely now, I mean, it, it's, I bought this when I was uh, 15, and it's too big for me now. <laughs> and I wasn't exactly, so it just shows the early 90s. I mean, I, you know, the mid-90s and the state of the, the size of the shirts. For me, this one, I mean, it was symbolised as me growing up as, you know, an Inter fan, and... You know, the likes of, this is peak Gazetta Football Italia. Uh, you know, it's Paul Lentz is playing there. You know, he's on Gazetta all the time. You've got the whole situation with Roberto Carlos being there. Um, it's just, I mean, just this squad is, again, phenomenal. You've got, obviously, Javier Zanetti's come over. Um, you know, and you look at you look at the lineup, And, OK, there's players there as well that probably didn't perform as well as they should have done, which we've talked about about some of these in past episodes, actually. But you've still got, the for me, you've got Bertie on that sort of last, not last legs, but he's one of my favourite players. You know, the likes of Demi Fonteland also on he's just about to go his way out. And this kit, it was just, it just is how it started. I mean, the away kit this year <coughs> was absolutely terrible, if you remember it. It's, uh, it's like, it's white with blue and black stripes coming down, like a yellow Pirelli. And then the inter badge and the background of the top over the chest, and it's just so nineties. I actually like it's that so kit. I, I, that uh, that away shirt goes for a lot of money now. Like you're talking one hundred fifty oh, sure pound. I actually like it. <laughs> I'm a fan of you it. Like that? You, seriously, you like that one? Yeah, I actually do. Like if it wasn't inter, I would probably bet. <laughs> Tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for me. It's like peak nineties. It's like I don't know. It's like you can imagine someone in the Essex going down to watch E Seventeen dressed in that. Yes, yeah, so, you know, so, it's just like so, it's, someone on a LSD trip was asked to design yeah, an exactly. inter away shirt. <laughs> just it's in your face. It's absolutely. It's everything the home. It's everything the home one isn't. And it, the, the sponsor for me looks like it's just been ironed on, but and it. The, Stripes have been coloured in by pencil, but that's only my opinion. But the home shirt that year, uh, you know, for, for me anyway, it's, it's just um, phenomenal because um, it's just classic. And I think that that era then, you know, that team was expected to do brilliantly well. They finished seventh, and this is their season, you know, where you've got Tadio Bianchi starts the season in, in control. It all goes wrong from the off, and you get Luis Suarez coming in. 
and it's not not mildly much better. You know, the, it's it's pretty poor. I mean, there's some terrible defeats in this season. But the one thing I remember about this season was a hell of a lot of draws as well. But you know, it's like um, I remember one game. Um, uh, they're not Paris. Padover uh, away, and Vlaovic scores twice for Padover. I remember thinking, I've played a good player, but still, you've got to be beating those. I know we used to you, baby, get smashed by Bari that season. It's just a show of rubbish. It's just terrible. And we've got revenge on Pat's it. We've got revenge on Padover, beating 8 2 um, <laughs> later on in the season. It just shows that how. That, that was into for me that season. It could be phenomenal. You could have some brilliant games. Oh, of course, I forgot to mention our old friend Roy Hodgson at the end of the season. Um, you know, he comes in. But it was uh, such a. A strange season, but that kit for me, I mean, I don't know what you think of it, but I just thought that one was a special one. Yeah, I mean, Inter's, Inter's home kits, especially like in the, pretty much throughout the 90s and into the noughties, there weren't many bad ones. You know, they had a home run. You know, they kept it simple. It was always, mm. you know, the Netizuri colours, the stripes, Kind of a bit like Juve and Milan at that time. Yeah. If you go back and you look throughout the 90s, there wasn't many bad ones. I'd say now it's like Juve messing around, you know, with Adidas messing around with like, look like a referee shirt, half and half. You know, last season there was big controversy and this season, you know, it's more white than black. And again, didn't go down well with fans. But in the 90s, they stuck to what worked and interest the same, you know, and it is a real... The 95-96 kit is a real smart home shirt. And I don't know, it's just when you when you bring back when you when you dredge up those names, you just think Inter would have been set fullback wise for the next fifteen years with Roberto Carlos yeah. on one side and Zanetti on the other. Like that's that's dream team material. Yeah. And Inter had Inter was sorted for the next ten years, but obviously Ryan Hudson wanted to play Roberto Carlos as a left winger and at a left back and Roberto Carlos didn't like that so he leaves <laughs> at the end of that season and you just think you look obviously you don't know what Roberto Carlos is going to go on to the career he's going on to have with Real Madrid but you just think Inter were sat there for 10 for a decade like they didn't literally did not need to touch the fullback positions you know but you just think you know what could have been yeah absolutely um the next one I'm going to choose, I think you like this one, Emmett. I think so. And you talk about names in a squad. All I'm going to say is Paris, Zanetti. <laughs> he just unleashes that shot, but probably more for you is Ronaldo going around Marchigani. Um, look, that kit, uh, we're talking 97, 98, when Inter in the UEFA Cup, and this is the third kit. Um, it's the, the it's iconic. I mean, uh, it's, it's being worn now. It's been re, re um, revitalized for this year's third kit. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful. I don't know how different type of grey stroke blue black um, hoops rather than stripes. A genius idea, um, and and the fact that they, you know, we go win the UEFA Cup. But I think as well, it's just synonymous with Ronaldo as well. Uh, you know. He gets 34 goals in all competitions that season. He's just literally phenomenal. And for me, I think that that was, you know, I remember the home kit that season perfectly well. But the away one was a bit more, I had to, I had to think about that before before remembering it. They just, And I just think they should have worn that more. I think it's a, a, just an absolutely gorgeous kit. 
Uh, and like you said, in one respect, I know that Inter in the, like you say, we've had some pretty shocking ones recently in some respects, um, especially the baseball kit. Um, in, with Nazari's, maybe that was Nazari's team that spoiled that, but it was, you know, for me, this could have come back as a home kit in a sense. It just, it's that good. And I think just talking about it, you talk about that team. And I mean, God, I mean, you just said that if, I'm looking at your team. I've got like if Roberto Carlos was a left back, and you know, rather than Massimo Tarantino, uh, you know, it, it's it's this squad though is phenomenal still. I, mean, I know you've got the likes of you've got the cult figure of Teribo West in there. Bergami's getting on at 33. The defense is probably the quite weak, weirdly in this in this uh, in this team. Um, if you take a few players out of there, but then you get to the midfield and the likes of Jorkaev and Diego Simone. Bertie's still, you know, cracking on there. Paolo Sosa, I mean, he's phenomenal. And then this is where we really want to talk about, isn't it? When you've got Zamorano, Ronaldo and Canu and Reco up front, even Maurizio Gans to an extent, it was just another phenomenal lineup. But the problem again, you know, you look to that season, they finished second. Less said about that. <laughs> and <laughs> But that kit was just... Um, Phenomenal. And I think, again, it, it was a high point for Inter. You know, it was a, a real high point. And, and it looked like that season, obviously, close to the league. Okay, Coppa Italia was a bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, it, it's some just some, some wonderful memories. And I think especially with that season, the start to the season was so good. Um, it was memorable. So, yeah, that that's definitely in there. I, I, I don't see – I could understand why people could argue maybe the, the first one. Um, because you know, okay, it's the fit. There's been lots of kits, and is it that special? I think you put a good point on that. That it was, that was the stamp on the '95, '96 one that said, it it just works. It can be class if you have the stripes, and that. And I think that sort of set the tone. Um, but you know, you, remember Ronaldo's in uh, Moscow with those two goals? Yeah, against uh, Spartak Moscow, wasn't it? Spartak Moscow, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like he's playing in a potato field and he just dances through six or seven players in like <laughs> minus fifty degrees. He's <laughs> just a different level. I mean, he just like he does dance, doesn't he? And it's just for me, there you've just come out of you've got no. So it's going into the '98 World Cup. So much expectations, and it was all was it around that time? It was all the Nike adverts. You remember in the airport with Edgar Davids and all the yeah, that was the that was the build up to France '98. That was the the campaign posters and adverts, and yeah, the the, yeah. the airport advert that was iconic. It's iconic now. Um, that, you, was, that was all lead, leading into France '98. Yeah, I mean, for, I, I think it was my last year before university, going to university, and it was all like uh, pro evolution soccer and FIFA and. Ronaldo on the like the advert, like I said, he was he started it off when he was in the um, uh, looking over Brazil, acting you know as a statue of Christ. I can't remember what that's called actually. I've completely gone, but do you know that? I've completely missed that. <laughs> no, no, forget it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but he then recreates that when the Brazilian um, well, well, a team are in the World Cup. But yeah, I think that's one of the top ones for me. Well, let me ask you. you. Let me ask you this. Obviously, you know, it speaks volumes that Inter brought him back, you know, in a way this season, you know, the third 97-98 shirt. But is it, it's it's iconic now, but is it iconic 
because it's so strongly associated with Ronaldo or is it due more to the actual aesthetics of it? What do it's you think? If you take... I think the answer's twofold on that. I think it's so strong from an Inter's... Uh, as an Inter fan, it's so linked to Paris and Moscow and that UEFA Cup run. It's so heavily linked to, to those memories and because, you know... All of the team, you picture though that that final, and you know it's, it's fantastic. I think if you're from the outside looking in, it represents Ronaldo um, more because you don't have the same affiliation, the same memories of Paris. So, yeah, and I think the you know aesthetic, and I think the the aesthetics of it, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an Inter fan or not. I just think the aesthetics are brilliant in this kit. So that's kind of my my answer in a roundabout way. Yeah, I think there's also an element too in the fact that, as you say, it is so closely linked to Ronaldo. And the fact that, you know, it's sad to say, but Ronaldo's first season was by far his best. You know, the next three or four years were disastrous for Ronaldo. And so it was kind of, from an outsider, from a non-Inter fan looking in, it's kind of like, oh, these were the, the good times of Ronaldo. This was uh, this was when he was at the peak of his powers. Because everything that come after this season, you know, couldn't live up to that first campaign, you know. Because Ronaldo more or less single-handedly won Inter that UEFA Cup and drove them yeah. to challenge for the Scudetto. Obviously, Inter had a very good squad, but if you take Ronaldo out, they're not challenging Juve nowhere close, you know. So I think maybe yeah. there's more, you know, there's an aspect of this was the Ronaldo that we bought, we shattered the transfer record for and this was as good as Ronaldo got. Everything that come after was kind of, obviously through no fault of his own, you know, his knees gave up on him. But I, I feel like it's kind of tied in, like this was the best of Ronaldo and this whole season. It all kind of ties nicely because everything else that come after uh, wasn't really memorable, you know. So I think maybe that's why the jersey, like see all three jerseys, if you were to buy all three jerseys now, you're probably out about a thousand pounds on the set. Yeah. You know, and especially that third one. Like, I've seen websites um, advertise that they're getting the, the third shirt in. You know, they've got they've bought it off someone and they're putting it for sale. And within 10 seconds, it's gone. People are queuing up around the block to try and buy that shirt because it's become iconic yeah. now. But for me, I personally always liked the away one. You know, the white with a bit of blue at the side. Always, actually, I like all three, but I, I like the away one. I have a thing for white. <laughs> white yeah, shirts, I predominantly white shirts. Well, seamless link, seamless link then, because the next one I'll talk about, this won't be anyone's, well, not many people's favourite, maybe the one that makes people think, okay, why do you pick this? But we're going to go to season 2018-19. And actually, just this is another third kit. Now, the interesting thing here is that it was a good season because Inter end up, Qualifying for the Champions League under Luciano Spalletti. Um, it's the start of the Sunning era who come in in October. Um, okay, the, Europe was terrible. Um, but you've got to think, when we're talking about the last interteams and where they'd come from, this had come from peak Mazzari. And so this was a real big, 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 big event to qualify for the Champions League again and, and, and do as well as they were doing. Spalletti looked like he was going to really. Um, 
get into back to probably somewhere where they think they belong. Um, okay, the squad's still got some poor players in there. This, but you start to see a bit of the squad today. You see the likes of De Bruyne, Skriniar, obviously Handanovic has been there for a long, long time. Rosovic, and obviously Martinez is there, uh, Perisic. So there's a lot of that squad still there. I think for me, uh, the reason this shirt, the third shirt, so actually wearing it now, is um, so <laughs> this isn't iconic for me because nothing happened in the season as much to do, but it celebrates the link between Inter and the Duomo. And, you know, it was a bit of a, a dig at Milan to sort of say that they're, well, we are more linked with the Duomo and the Madonina than Milan. But it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant shirt because, for me, I spent so much time in Milan over the years. And at this time, I, I was out quite a few times that season, um, especially remember one game. It was nothing special. It was the last game of the season against Empoli. It was just a brilliant day because it was just really good feel around the place. And this shirt, um, it's just, it's probably representative of, for me, my time in Milan and places I like to go uh, around the Duomo. And so, but I just think it's a really nice touch because I think sometimes shirts, you know, you, you look at people online now and you see all these concept shirts, but they're not really thought through very much. It's almost like, you know, put this together and just, and even some of the kits that Inter have had or other teams have had, you know, they just seem to chalk them up and throw them out. And uh, this one for me, it just, it had a bit of meaning to it. And it was, and one thing as well is it did look, when I first saw it, the only thing I did think was, is it just going to look like another off-brain kit, you know, from the stands? But it really did stand out and those little touches of yellow um, made the difference as well. So, yeah, it's, like I said, for me, the the season itself, um, (laughs) not massively spectacular, but it was something where, you know, Spalletti was really, really building there and, you know, there's more dramatic finishes than, than this season. Um, you know, especially I think the season after in Rome, um, which is a memory I won't forget. But it's, it, I don't know, this one was, uh, yeah, it just it just looked well. And I think that, um, I think as well, a lot of training gear. I know it sounds silly, but you wouldn't think about this in the past as much now. But the amounts of different training gear, the stuff that sort of surrounded this one as well was good. And the yellow socks really sort of made it work, so. Yeah, that's, that, that would be mine. I don't know what you think of this one. You see, I mean, do you even remember this one, Emma? No, I had no recollection of this jersey until you sent me the link before we started <laughs> recording this podcast. I was like, did Inter even have that? <laughs> you know, I have no, you know, most, like, I'm not an Inter fan, but most shirts I have a recollection of, you know, and if you sent me a link, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I could delegate it to a, a certain era or a certain, you know, season, maybe. I wouldn't get the specific season, but I would get, you know, be in the ballpark. You sent me this one. I'm like, nope, not a single collect, you know, not a single memory do I have of this shirt. But I mean, it's not my personal favorite, but it's unique. I will say that it stands out as opposed to uh, a lot of inter shirts, away shirts, you know, that are kind of, they follow the same color scheme or whatever. This one's completely off the grid in terms of color scheme. But I mean, yeah, it's not what I would personally buy, but I can see why you you chose it. Yeah, what we should do is um, for for any listeners there uh, to the podcast who who want to, we should put um, on uh, on Twitter just um, these kits. Maybe have a little vote, a bit of a poll um, if, if who thinks which ones are the best. 
Um, because, like you say, I don't think all the ones we've been talking about so far, I think people will go, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was fantastic. But then probably run a bit of a blank with this one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah, sounds um, good. We'll put it to the people and see which one they, which one they fancy out, last. out of your list. <laughs> well, one that I think people will remember um, is if we're going to flip forward, flip back, sorry, to 2006, 2007. Um, and this for me, again, this is slightly personal, but again, it's, um, I know some people will probably prefer the season after when the Pirelli, I think it was the season after or 2009 when it went to have the gold Pirelli. Um, but this for me was, was personal, but it's into, into win the Scudetto this season. Um, I'm not quite sure where Juventus were, but it wasn't around the top division. But um... <laughs> we took a year out to give everyone else a chance, you know. <laughs> took a gap year. Yeah, took a gap year. I went and travelled around the world, you know, did interrail and went to Australia <laughs> for a few months and then came back and then was back in Syria for 2007, 2008. It's good, you know, you need to refresh yourself yeah. because when you win all those trophies for all those years, it kind of gets a bit more. <laughs> a, bit, a bit like now, we're, we're letting Inter win now just to make it a bit interesting. Uh, just to freshen up a bit. Freshen yeah, up. just to... Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. This is going to go on and on if I don't crack, crack on. <laughs> <laughs> this, this one for me. Um, it was just like it was nothing to. This is honestly nothing to do with the events in this situation, as you well know. Um, before that, I was around the last third of season this weekend, and uh, Juve Mantova was definitely in the plans. So it was nothing to do with that. It was more the fact of um, this team, and it felt like right, you're wrongly, depending on what side of the fence you want to sit. All the stars had aligned for us, and the, the squad that we managed to assemble was just absolutely obscene. And well, you, you couldn't, you couldn't not win this get out of that no. season, considering that all the best teams were like minus four thousand points were deducted. <laughs> Juve were uh, interrailing for a year. I mean, there was no way Inter were not going to win. <laughs> no, that's true. It is true, and it was one of the best best times I've ever had um, in Milan. I'm not going to tell a story. I've told it before in the podcast where last day of the season, four hours on the curve in Norden, he beat Torino 3-1. A story about Figo um, when the, the Ultras make, make him take the penalty instead of um, Masadazzi. And he ends up staying another year after acknowledging that they'd made him do it. But that game was just unbelievable. Seeing him lift the Scudetto and this was the shirt. And, you know, if you think about it, I mean, I know that titles were said were given or whatever, but to see Inter win, and actually, the last time I'd seen Inter win a title, I was nine. You know, in the sense of actually being there, and it's just such a difference, such a long time. And this shirt just sort of represents that. Because, obviously, you know, you, you look at this, uh, the way that everything had worked before and after, in the sense of... Um, Italian, how can I put this? Italian football was, it was in a bad way, wasn't it? I mean, okay, the, the World Cup was won, but overall Italian football was in a bad way. And it just felt that everything was so far away than what it was. And when I say I'd seen Inter win a title the season before, but it's what I'm trying to say is that from when I was nine to then, I'd always wanted to be in Milan. And this was the first time I'd seen them win and actually lift it in Milan. And that was why it meant so much. Because that season before, was you look at our squad, and that was really, really building. But then, I mean, 
like you say, as well, they didn't really have any excuse not to win this title. And for me, the, the players on show, it was the strength of the bench as well. The strength of the bench. I'm going to go through just a couple of players now because, again, this was, for me, a big fan of Mancini uh, as well. And this was the real felt like the start of the build-up. And he takes a lot of credit for that squad that was assembled that Mourinho ends up winning the treble with. Because you've got the likes of Cesar. I mean, they've got Cesar and Toldo. I mean, Toldo's 34, but still. You know, Zanetti's there. Maxwell was a good player. I liked Fabio Grosso, but he wasn't really doing, you know, a huge amount for us then. You've got Materazzi and Samuel. The midfield of Stankovic, Vigo. I mean, Patrick Vieira was there, of course. Camiasso. But this is where it gets just disgusting. You've got Zlatan. Julio Cruz, who is so underrated. So underrated. The season before, he was phenomenal. Adriano, Crespo, and Rekabar. It's just wrong. And the fact that they could bring players off the bench. Anyway, I'm going on too much about this. But as a shirt, I think it very much... I love the white collar on this one. And it really represents what you mentioned before about it just being absolute classic. And, um, yeah, that's that would certainly be one for me. Yeah, that was, uh, the 0607 one is a nice shirt. My only gripe with it is, is that going into the season... Um, Inter decided to put the Skeleto patch in the middle considering they'd finished third mm. the season prior kind of left a bitter taste in the mouth you know c- celebrating a Skeleto that they didn't win or didn't even come close to winning you know fair <laughs> enough fair enough you take you know after the Calciapoli and the courts and whatever and the sign it but I mean do you really put the patch on your shirt considering you didn't really win it you know I don't know hey. It's weird that I get that, but that's what I was trying to say before. You know, obviously that's there, the title's there, but it's not really there. Yeah. It's kind of, so for me, that's why when you go back to that Trapattoni side, for the next time for Twinter to win the Scudetto on the pitch, to be there after all that time, that's why this shirt for me is iconic. And, you know, it's, I've got a quick special mention as well, which I've not put in the list, but I bought it on that day. And do you remember um, the season after they had the um, white away kit with the big Maltese cross in the middle and they used to wear black shorts, black socks with it? Yeah, that was for uh, the... Or white and white, depending on the team. Yeah, I think, wasn't that for inter-centenary year? The, yeah, the it was. Yeah. But the great thing is, is when... So you had one of those moments. So obviously everyone's going nuts on the curve and you're waiting for it, all the players go in after, you know, to come out to Scudetto. And no one had seen the shirt, right? And then all of a sudden, like on the players, that is, knew it was coming. It had been leaked, I think. But then they, all the players go in. And then he came out in this, um, in that top. And they still had the black shorts and socks on. And it, but it was just, and it just went and it just worked. Because uh, obviously next season, a lot of it, they did play in the white shorts and white socks. But they did actually still play a couple of games in the black and black. But they came out and it was just like, Wow. That's amazing. And they all lifted the Scudetto in that away shirt. So I bought that shirt on the day. So that was a special mention, but I thought that was... Uh, I'd like that one to make a comeback as well. Yeah, that was, not it? Do you, you have that one still? Yeah, that, that's a collector's item. I've know, got so. all the ones we've mentioned so far. Yeah. And many, many more. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's definitely... It's, um, it's a, definitely it's a collector's item, so definitely hold on it and keep it in good shape. Because they go for that intershirt goes for well a lot of the intershirts we're talking about here, mm. they sell for huge money now. But 
especially that one because it centenary taps always are worth more than just your regular season. Absolutely. I think these are all going to get passed down unless someone even like football by the time he grows up, probably. So <laughs> I'm doing my best, though. He's got enough shirts himself now. Um, uh, so moving on, I have one more. Um, and it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, if I've just gone and spent that much time talking about a shirt that means so much because of um, events, I don't think you can not have the treble shirt in from 2009-2010 because it is actually a nice shirt as well. Again, it's, it is classic. The badge, the, the, the colouring around the badge, I think the badge is exceptional this year. I think the, the collar works. Um, and what I know this sounds real. you might get this or you might not, Emma, but there's certain shirts that suit play, can suit players and not suit others. Yeah. So, for instance, if you there was a shirt, oh, which one was it? Was it Inter Away, a white one? And it's when they replicated the Missouri one with the stripe going down. It had a black collar. And it suited Zanetti. Zanetti, for some reason, suits the collar, right? It's that sort of person, isn't he? And, and it really suited him. But on a lot of the players, it just didn't work. It just made them, it didn't look good. Um, but with this, it's one of those shirts that I just feel like any player who wore it looked good in it. And maybe that's because of the results. Um, you know, but that, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> it does, it does. And, you know, it was, it was a, let's not forget, this wasn't the easiest season. It wasn't like into whitewashed everybody. It was, you know, it was not cut and dry for a long, long time. And, you know, it's, um, but the shirt for me just reminds me of, of Milito more than anything else because, you know, were just unbelievably brilliant in the fact that, you know, scoring in the Coppa d'Italia final, scoring against Siena to win the title, and then obviously what happened in the Champions League. Um, I just think this is... I think many people will probably probably go to this because what's nice is that the season when Inter did do that, they hadn't messed it up. I think, you know, even with the away that season, it was just simple wasn't it it was not um it was nothing ridiculous and i don't know for, for me when you when you when you were when you look back at the memories i'd much rather look back and see um that sort of that sort of kit that's very classic you know they just with this one it was the away was the um oh the the white with the blue wasn't it just that little bit of blue yeah the middle. Uh, across and that was it. And obviously, they still kept hold of the uh, that centenary shirt sort of raised its head a little bit that season as well. And you know, it's it's fantastic for me um, because each kit you had the classic one here, the the white one with the blue stripe in the middle, and then you've got that centenary kit as a third. And I know it's just a. Well, yeah, I think it's one of the best ones. I don't think, I don't think you could leave it off the list. Let me say that much. Yeah, I mean, when you win a treble, it always helps to do it in a nice shirt, you know. <laughs> and I think that season, I, I remember, actually, again, I was a fan of the away one too. Um, and I kind of always associate the away shirt with the second leg away to Chelsea when Atu scores yeah. that goal from a Schneider through ball. Always, that shirt always reminds me of that game. And the home shirt always... For some reason, when I think of that home shirt, I think of 
Lucio and Walter Samuel just being rocks <laughs> at centre back and just repelling everything that comes at them against Barcelona in the in the second leg where they just defend, defend, defend. Yeah, just evil centre backs. You could at least go on Samuel, then you could bring on the Matrix. Yeah, like and they would just cut you in half at any <laughs> given opportunity. I mean, they could defend, but if they needed to go rough, they could go rough. Um, yeah. But I think I think when you think of that shirt too, you also get it's also closely associated with Schneider because that was Schneider's peak. You know, that was the peak of his yeah. career in many ways, and he was. But then you say that, and then also I think Mycon. Yeah, Mike on to yeah. It was actually as it is hard because in a lot of ways it was the peak for a lot of players like Melito, Mike on, Schneider, Thiago Mata, uh, probably Walter Samuel, um, even mm-hmm. Goran Pandev you'd throw in there too, you know. Matrix. Matrix, although he was probably over the hill at that point. But you know, in terms yeah. of the peak, the peak of their career, you know, definitely some of the names we mentioned. Um but it really, I, I'm not, a, to be honest, I'm not a fan of round collars. And that had a round collar, if I remember right. That's the only negative I've put on it. But, I mean, it's, it is an, it's an a historical shirt, considering, you know, what Inter went on to achieve in it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely Pete Sully Montari. Sully Montari. So, that's my, I mean, if I had to put them in any sort of order, which is really difficult, um, I might just do, I don't know. I think maybe the treble warmer has to has to be there just at a historical, um, for the historical point of it. Um, I then it's so difficult. Uh, then the ninety eight, uh, two thousand six seven. That beautiful marble one that I like would go next, and I think I'd put the first ninety five, ninety six one, but. I mean, I'm going to ask you two questions, Emmett. What order would you put these in? And then also, have you got one that I've missed out that you particularly think, yeah, that should have been included? Um, I would put the the grey marble one last. And to be honest, that's not for me. Um, yeah. I would go um, 06, 07. And then probably the centenary one. 95, 96, um, then 2009, 10, and then have the UF Cup one as the, the winner. I think, as you say, it's just it's so closely linked to Ronaldo, and it kind of yeah. goes back to your youth too, and nostalgia and childhood, and it all plays into that. So definitely would probably put 97, 88 third, top of the pile. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's, these are the ones that missed out, like 2009, um 10 with the gold sponsor that was a beautiful kit and I've actually liked a couple of the recent ones I actually like this season's home um, I like the last season's home where it had the, um, uh, the it was all normal if you would uh, black and blue stripes but then the sponsor was the bit where it all zigzagged um, but there's been some awful ones as well and I, like I said before that I really I know this is a popular kit but do you remember the think it was 2011 um and they put the snake. Oh yeah, that was the that was the season after the travel. Was it was white with the the blue snake on the side? Yeah, I actually didn't mind that. <laughs> Did you know? I mean, I know quite a few people who like that, and I've never taken to it. It's uh, yeah, it's and that good. Do you remember the recently the the 
was it last season? The, the line line green. Oh no, 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 no way! <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> There's been a few, few, few not growers, but overall, I'd say more rather than not. You know, even a couple of seasons ago, was it uh, 2015? Um, and they they recreated it as near as possible to the 89 kit. Yeah, obviously it's a different sponsor, and that was uh, that was exceptionally good. I nearly put that in actually, but um, there's it, it no point because it's not the 89 kit, and you know. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. A favorite, that's... a favorite. Well, we didn't bring it up, but a, a personal favorite of mine would be the 2002-2003 shirt. Um, again, it was your standard black and blue effort but it had yellow trim on the sleeves and there was a yellow stripe at the back of the shirt this was when Inter reached the Champions League semi-final and they, yeah. they lost in away goals to Milan um, it just for I always associated with Crespo because Crespo scored like 10 or 9 or 10 goals in the Champions League that season he wasn't really good in Serie A but he always seemed to come alive in Europe for Inter I always liked that home shirt and I always liked the print I, I I always, to me, you make a break on a shirt is the name set and the name print on the back, and the the name set for that season, the old two three season, was really nice. Always was always a fan of that shirt, if you remembered. Yeah, I do very much so. And your way shirt was nice as well. Was, yeah, uh, it was white, blue and the blue was like diagonal, a diagonal stripe yeah, through the yeah. middle. Yeah, didn't yeah. like the third that season. It was that yellow. It was that really gaudy yellow one, if you remember. I think the season afterwards, they then. Moved, had another version of it that they went yellow to the away and put that one with the the nice sash to the third kit, which is that was a disappointment. Yeah, but yeah, there's been been some good ones. There's certainly been some good ones, and I think that overall, like you say, you know, this that association with with Pirelli is uh, not going to be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, as as we said at the top of the show, twenty six years, you know. Like you think Nicolo Barella, arguably, you know, Inter's best midfielder, what's he twenty three? So he's never he's never known yeah. anything else other than Inter and Pirelli, you know. You know, he's younger than <laughs> the length of the sponsorship, but just shows you how long Pirelli and Inter have been together. Yeah, no, it's he's crazy. Any shout outs for any more bad ones before we go? I mean, I remember the two do you remember the red one? That was just wrong. The red one? Which yeah. season was that? Uh, 2012, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, did it have a like, blue trim on the sleeve? Was yeah. It like a blue... oh, why do that? Why do that? That's terrible. And like I said, that, the 2013 sort of one where they had it looked like a baseball kit. with the, That was terrible. Yeah. I remember, was it 98, 99? They had like a Navy. It was Baggio's first season at Inter. And they had like a Navy effort. They had the, the white one as the away one. And then yes. they had like a third one. It was Navy. I wasn't a fan of that, to be honest. No, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what was a weird year as well, just while we're at it. Uh, 1617. I loved the home kit because that was the one where they had the yeah, black and blue shirt with the, but everything with the Pirelli and everything was yellow. And the, they had black shorts with yellow socks. I thought that was very, very cool. But at the same point, they had that disgusting. Uh, lime stroke, lime kit with like light blue sleeves. Oh yeah, that. Do you remember it was like Joe Mario? I just remember Joe Mario in it, and it just gives me bad memories. Gabigol. 
<laughs> I thought, oh, don't get me started. He he could have done something. Him and his eight minutes. <laughs> Still scored. Still scored. So, I'll tell you one thing we've not discussed. You said you like a white away kit. What do you think of our tablecloth this year? I actually like it, you know. I actually would prefer it to the home. No. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about white. I like white shirts, even though they're ridiculously difficult to keep clean. But I like white shirts. I don't know why. Juventus? Well, Juve never really had too many white shirts. You know, obviously, there's black and white, the stripes, but predominantly white. You know, the Juve have only, Juve yeah. have only had maybe two or three in in their recent history. So it's, I don't know where it comes from. Like, I love... I was just thinking because it is part of the colours. It may, it may be just that association. But... Yeah, like, I love Parma in the 90s, you know, when they were mostly white. You know, when you think of the classic mm. Parma shirts from the 90s, you know, they were mostly white with a bit of blue and a bit of yellow. I think it might stem from that. I'm not really entirely sure. But, yeah, I like a lot of Inter's white shirts. They're all winners for me. So you got a lot of England shirts? Loads of them. <laughs> I actually, I actually bought. Well, I say I bought. My mum bought a uh, England's Euro '96 shirt, um, and I still have it. Obviously, uh, like, it, it, it obviously it doesn't fit. But um, I remember she bought me that one. Obviously, got swept up in England's. It's coming home way back when I was like what nine. <laughs> um, but that, that's if there's any England kids to have those, and and Italian ninety one is the ones to have. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know where the white, the love of white shirts come from. It's just, <laughs> it is a strange one. No, I, I can't help you with that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just you know, I can go a whole different direction if we delve deep into your psyche to yeah. that one. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a that's a ten parter that that pod. Uh, that's <laughs> that's where we start charging money for that one. <laughs> so, Okay, well, listen, uh, anyone who's uh, listened to this today, thank you so much and listened to just, uh, well, me ramble on more than anything about the um, interkits of the past under Pirelli. And it's, um, like we said, it's sad it's the end of an era and who knows what the next one will bring and what, what designs with it as well. And what I would say um, is to anyone out there who has listened to us, whether it's today or in the past, um, and you do like it and you keep coming back, can you do us a favour? And please, I know everyone asks you to do some podcasts, but if you could just like... Uh, subscribe or, and write a review uh, that would be really really cool because it just helps us out helps us you know um, sort of do a little bit better and, and then also it's just appreciated to know that when we're sat here talking away that someone's actually listening so, <laughs> so because we don't know we might just be talking to ourselves but no listen so thank you all for listening and keep tuning in Emma thank you for today and uh, that I will say is ciao for now <laughs>